the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the season when we celebrate the greatest gift given to mankind in the person of Jesus Christ. As Christians, we've got to be careful we don't fall into the trap set by the world that draws our focus away from the important role Christ plays in Thanksgiving and Christmas. Join us today as Pastor Rander continues to explain what being truly thankful looks like in this message, Let's Be Thankful. He'll be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. Isn't it good to be in the house of God during this special season of the year? Let's pray. And Lord, we thank you for this season of giving thanks. We realize that every day is a day of thanksgiving. Thank you, Father, for allowing us to see this season once again. Help me to preach in the power of your spirit. Help minds not to wander or be distracted. Help us to attune our ears spiritually to what you would have us to know and learn. And then to live it out in our lives. In Jesus' name. And all God's children said, amen. I'd like for you to turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, and uh, we're going to label with that verse. That'll be our theme verse. We'll do a few other scriptures uh, related to it, but this will be the theme scripture. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. When you finally say amen. Okay, some of y'all still turning. The amens were kind of weak. Okay. <laughs> It says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And from that passage of scripture, we want to preach, let's be thankful. Let's be thankful. Where is the spirit of thanksgiving in your personal life as well as in the lives of the congregation at large? It's so easy to grumble. It is so easy to complain. It is so easy to whine and be bitter and angry and to throw yourself a pity party. But I ask a question, where is the spirit of rejoicing, praise, and thanksgiving in your life? Americans and Christians alike are abundantly blessed, and yet so many fail to put their gratitude on display. Also, many Americans are wringing their hands these days, wondering what has happened to our country. The morals are gone. Many believe there is no right or wrong, only preferences. 
This has become a very tolerant generation. In fact, the only tolerance is toward those who think like the culture. Then you have political scandals, which are so common that we barely even take note anymore. We live in a day where lawlessness abounds. We can look around at the spiritual decline of America that has removed the name of Jesus in prayer from schools, graduations, and sporting events. Merry Christmas has been replaced with happy holidays. Marriage has been redefined by the Supreme Court. And then there are heinous crimes and terrorist acts being committed right before our eyes. And then we have natural disasters such as floods and fires and tornadoes and earthquakes and hurricanes and blizzards. To make matters even worse, many churches have replaced sound doctrine and Bible teaching with entertainment. If all of this becomes the object of our focus, it will cause us to be fearful and not be thankful. Paul, in this particular verse, encourages believers at Thessalonica to be thankful. Now, allow me to transition and I will pose a question to you. Why does God require his children to be thankful in the first place? Why does he require us to be thankful? Number one, being thankful is not an option, it's a command. It's not an option. God requires his children to be thankful. We are to live, as a matter of fact, in a spirit of thanksgiving. For the scripture says in Hebrews 13, 15, Therefore, by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. In other words, God requires that we would use our lips to bless the Most High God, uh, which comes from a heart and attitude of thanksgiving. We are to continually to live in a spirit of praise and thanksgiving to the glory of God. Every day the Lord gives us is for the purpose of praising and thanking God, whether in times of prosperity, whether in times of poverty, whether in struggles, trials, or, or even in the transitions of life. You live long enough, you will see your life transition from one phase to another. And you, by the way, you cannot stop transition. It's destined to come. It is inevitable. So, so it is not an option. We are commanded uh, to give thanks. And uh, we don't have to wait till Thanksgiving Day to give thanks. Matter of fact, every day is a day of Thanksgiving. And we ought to live in a spirit of gratitude. Secondly, uh, God requires us to give thanks because it is his will that we be thankful. It is God's will that we be thankful. First uh, Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything give thanks, you can underline this, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It is the will of God according to the word of God that we give thanks to God. You say, what is the will of God in your life? To be thankful. To be thankful. If we do not possess a spirit of gratitude and thanksgiving in our hearts, we are out of the will of God, which breaks our fellowship with him. A heart that is ungrateful, a heart that is sour, a heart that is, is unthankful will break 
the fellowship that we should be having with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We want communion with God. We want fellowship with God. It, it should be all of our desire that we have intimacy and closeness with our Savior. Third reason we are required to be thankful is that God requires us to be thankful because we are so quick to forget the blessings of God toward us. We're so quick. That's why he requires that we give thanks. That's why it is God's will that we give thanks because we as his people are so soon to forget. Psalms 103 verse 2 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So if we are thanking God, we're not forgetting God. We must not be so quick to go on to the next thing and forget to praise Jesus for what he has already done for us. We should be ashamed of ourselves for remembering the bad things that happened to us so long ago while forgetting to give thanks for the many undeserved blessings he has showered upon us. Isn't it amazing how we can sit and become depressed of something somebody has done to us 20 years ago, 15 years ago. Somebody has hurt us, betrayed us, did us in, a wife walked out on us, husband betrayed, played around or whatever. Uh, and, and this perhaps happened years and years ago, or it could be fresh, but I'm just, I want to deal with the years and years and years ago. Some of you can get mad at something your sister did with you years ago, and you can't even eat it Thanksgiving table, or your brother, or on and on it goes. And we can remember all the bad stuff, and we're so soon to forget all of the multitudes of blessings that God has showered upon us. So he, he requires us to give thanks because he knows we are so soon to forget the goodness of God in our lives. The fourth reason God uh, requires us to be thankful is this. Let's be thankful because a thankful heart does not take the blessings of God for granted. A thankful heart does not take the blessings of God for granted. So many Christians just assume that God will bless them, which results in them becoming insensitive and ungrateful. You've been blessed so long that you just take the blessings of God for granted. If God does not give us another thing, he's already given us far more than we deserve. And we dare not presume upon God or just take the blessings of God for granted. You know, some people are so used to eating and, and, and gaining weight until they don't even bless their food. Don't even bless their food. If they bless it, it's just Jesus wept or something. Uh, praise Jesus, you know, to, to eat. Don't even take time because we take eating food for granted. When's the last time you thank God for your pillow? When's the last time you thank God for clothes, for hot water, for cold water, clean water? There are people all over the world uh, just want clean water. When's the last time you thank God for a toilet that flush? Huh? When's the last time? I mean, just simple things. Just being grateful for the goodness of God and for things we use all the time and we don't come concerned until those things begin to malfunction. Number five, 
It is impossible to worship God apart from a heart that is filled with the word of God. It is impossible to worship and thank God apart from a heart that is filled with the word of God, which brings thanksgiving and praise to God. In other words, Psalms 106, 12 says, then they believe his words. If you don't believe the word of God, you cannot really genuinely thank God. Psalms 106, 12 says, then they believed his words. They sang his praises when they believed the word of God. You cannot genuinely praise and worship God without a proper theology of Christ. You must believe that Jesus Christ was virgin born. You must believe that Jesus Christ is God. You must believe in the attributes of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that he is the Savior of the world, that he's the only way into the kingdom of God. You must believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the atoning work of Christ. You must believe that he is coming back again. If you don't have the proper theology, of Christ, you cannot really worship Christ. You cannot even have a thankfulness and worship of Christ that is acceptable to the Lord Jesus Christ. So we have to have a right theology of Christ if we're going to be thankful to Christ. Uh, again, John 2, 22b says, his disciples remembered that he had said this to them and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. John 8, 30 also says, as he spoke these words, many believed in him. Do you believe the word of God? Do you believe Jesus Christ? Psalms 119.97 says, oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. When you meditate on the word of God, you will have a thankful heart and a thankful spirit. Psalms 119.164 says, oh, it says, seven times a day, I praise you. Wow. Seven times a day, I praise you because of your righteous judgments. That's a reference, righteous judgments, the word of God, the law of God. My friend, it is the word of God that empowers our praise and thanksgiving to God. And that's why some songs don't make an impact. That's why some songs uh, can't edify or build up because a lot of these songs by a lot of these artists uh, don't have the proper theology. They're just built on emotion, no depth of content, no substance. Uh, and so the songs don't resonate spiritually with us. Uh, songs that are sung here, we want redemptive songs, songs that glorify Christ, songs that Talks about the blood, the sufficiency of Christ, uh, the toning work of Christ, and all of the, the resurrection of Christ. You want songs that will bless us, that will move us to adore and worship our Lord Jesus Christ. It is the Word of God that empowers our praise and thanksgiving. To God, without the word, there is no praise. Therefore, uh, Colossians 3.16a says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. In other words, God accepts praises from those whose lives are filled with the words of Christ. When you are filled with the word of God, you are meditating on the word. Uh, your, 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 your life is saturated with the word. 
Out of that comes praise and adoration to God because of being rich in the word. Number six, let's be thankful because only those who are spiritually satisfied can genuinely praise the Lord. You got so many discontented people. If you are not satisfied with Jesus, and if he is not enough for you, you will not give thanks. Let's be thankful because only those who are spiritually satisfied can genuinely praise the Lord. Beloved, seeking power, praise, prestige, popularity, money, and loving the things of this world system will cause you to become spiritually dissatisfied and discontent. This will result in your not being grateful. Philippians 4.11 says, Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. A spirit of gratitude comes from those who are spiritually satisfied. Listen, if you didn't get one tangible material thing this Christmas, could you be satisfied with Jesus alone? I'm so tired of all the commercial, commercialization of Christmas, and I see all the, the, the Black Fridays and the Small Business Saturday and the Cyber Monday and the Go Get It Tuesday and all of these things. And then I was looking at television as I was town in Houston, and I was looking at the commercial of the commercial, and I just asked myself, where is Jesus? You know, I'm, I'm seeking him and can't find You will not find him. It's all Santa and Jingle Bell and folk twisting and, and folk just throwing all kinds of things at you. To Those commercials, like I said in the first service, those commercials are designed to create a sense of discontentment to leave you lacking so that you will go by. Have you ever heard a commercial that says, be satisfied and just live? You'll never see that because everybody wants your pocketbook. It is to create discontentment. If you want to get content, you have to cut off the television. Do you, listen, do you ever get tired of the internet? Do you ever get tired of television? Do you want to just cut it off so that you can really enjoy Thanksgiving and Christmas around the word of God, praying, and just enjoying Jesus. How much do you have to have? How much is enough? You got more now than you ever had before. You're going places you used to could not go. You're driving cars you, you, you thought you'd never be able to drive. You're working jobs you never thought you'd be on. And some of you are still miserable. Miserable. Listen, is Jesus enough for you? I love what Paul says, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I'm, I am to be content. Number seven, we, when we are truly thankful, it will be reflected in our countenance, our face, our behavior. It will be reflected in our speech and our attitude. A thankful heart keeps bitterness complaining, jealousy, hate, and an unforgiving spirit from settling in our hearts. A thankful heart is therapeutic. 
It, it keeps you from complaining. It keeps you from becoming jealous. It keeps you from being competitive. It keeps you from racism and prejudice and all of these things. All of these things. A, a thankful heart dispels all of this. A thankful heart causes us to have a spiritual perspective which causes us to radiate the presence of God. Matthew five sixteen says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven because you are thankful. Number eight, God requires that his children be thankful because he is on the throne. You know, we forget that he's on the throne. People, people are saying, where is Jesus? 911, when the towers fell, people say, where, asking me, well, Pastor, where is Jesus? I said, where he's always been. He's on the throne. Now, the country has dismissed him out of everything. I mean, we don't want, in God, we trust on the money. We don't want to say one nation under God. We don't want prayer in the school. Uh, we want to be political correct. And then when disaster come, everybody say, where is Jesus? You've dismissed him out of everything, but you can't dismiss God from being on the throne. God requires that his children be thankful because he is on the throne. He is sovereign. You know what that means? He has a right to do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, however he wants to the glory of God. He is sovereign and he is in complete control. The Lord is not kind of in control. He's not almost in control. Maybe one week he's in charge and next week he just missed it. No, 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 no. He is in complete control before time, in time, out of time. God is in control. If Satan can get you to doubt the sovereignty of God, he will weaken your faith, which will result in inner disturbance and restlessness. Jesus knows all about you. That's right. He knows the number of times your heart will beat, the number of times your eye will blink. He knows the number of words you will say. He knows your thoughts before you think them. He is in control. And when Satan can get you to doubt the least little bit that God is in control, you will be fretful, you will doubt, you will fall to pieces, and it will weaken your faith and which will result in inner disturbance and restlessness. Jesus knows all about us now. It's nothing about you that God doesn't know. He knows where we are in life and what we're going through. He knows just how much we can bear and uses all things that come into our lives to develop our character and to bring us into spiritual maturity as he works out his plan for our life. God has a plan and purpose for your life. You didn't just happen to come here. You say, you don't know, my, I don't know who my mama is, my daddy is, I was left, I was abandoned, and all these things, but still your life has purpose. Your life, God has a plan for your life, and if you pursue God and his word and listen to the Holy Spirit, he will work out his plan in your life. I submit to you today, my friends, be encouraged. When you have the blessed assurance that God is on the throne, when you have the blessed assurance that God is in complete control and the Lord is divinely orchestrating the circumstances in your life, 
You will not succumb to worry, stress, and fear, but you will have an inner peace and tranquility from God, knowing that he is working everything for his glory and for the good of those who love him. Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. God works in the good, the not so good, and the bad. God is at work. God is at work. He's taken you on a journey. And if you walk with him and talk with him, he will reveal to you some insights about your life and where he's trying to get you in this life. Number nine, it is impossible to give thanks if we fail to meditate on the right things. You can't uh, meditate on how to hurt people, how to be vindictive, how to, you can't focus on hate and grudge and all these things and then expect yourself to give thanks. All of us have regrets, decisions, and sins in our past which we deeply regret. I just said, it's getting quiet. You don't have to say amen. It's still true. <laughs> or I reiterate, go and swallow it. All of us have regrets, decisions, and sins in our past which we deeply, deeply regret. Therefore, refuse to rehearse past failures. That's what you do. Repent of all those sins that, that you have not repented of. Repent. Trust God and press on. Meditate not on past failures, not on past sins. Repent and move on. Uh, you got to meditate on the right things. Philippians 4, 8 says, finally, brethren, what things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Stop meditating on novels that's not going anywhere. Put your mind on things that are spiritual and edifying in nature. It is crucial that we guard our thought life and take every thought that is satanic in nature captive to the obedience of Christ so that we can have a thankful heart as we meditate on that which is good, meditate on that which is healthy, meditate on that which is praiseworthy, which will be glorifying to God. God is our ever-present help. He is available to us whenever and wherever we need him. Regrettably, we sometimes take matters into our own hands instead of giving it all to him. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 
East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, directly across from the Randolph Air Force Base. If you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the radio broadcast support fund. Thank you very much for your generosity. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.